oh, I've got the prettiest mother, the <laughs> nicest mother. Yeah. That's what I tell everybody. I say I've got the sweetest Ooh. mother in the world. Hello, welcome to Guides the Unknown. I'm Kristen. And I'm her little brother, William. And this week we are talking about terrifying children. Yeah. That's right. In honor of William's new-ish fatherhood, mm -hmm. his daughter Zoe is turning four months old tomorrow as we record. Yeah. We thought that we would cover scary murderous kids. We talked about this for a while back. We talked about- And it about... seemed too morbid. I think we were yeah. thinking about doing it right before you went on parental leave. Yeah. Yeah. We were going to talk about like scary kids in movies and like, you know, ghost children and monsters. And then I was like, do I really want to do, do I really want to think about horrible, awful do things? Do bring that in? And I was like, no. You know yeah. what? She's four months old now. The coast is clear. I she's think. she's wonderful. I mean, knock on. Don't don't jinx anything. She's an angel. But uh, these kids, it's all removed from reality anyway. No For jinxing sure. to be had here. No. But uh, I'm super excited because uh, this was something that that came out of a Guide to the Unknown planning sesh, mm -hmm. patreon.com slash gttupod. Yep. Every month we go on there on the first Saturday of every month and talk about the month's shows to come. Mm -hmm. And so we planned this a month ago. Yeah. And so uh, we talked about covering a couple of movies in here that I was tangentially aware of, mm -hmm. but now I've watched one of them for this show. You had never seen The Bad Seed? You know, I had I had definitely seen enough of it to know the deal. what it was. Mm -hmm. I think I saw this when I was a kid. Yeah, I did too. And not only that, I think that I've seen the many places that the movie The Bad Seed has been parodied. Yeah. So I was aware of its reputation and, and what the story was. But not as an adult had I sat down and watched this with an adult mindset or mm -hmm. a film fan mindset. Or a father's mindset. A father's mindset. And watching it now, I love it when this happens. Sometimes this show makes me research something that suddenly gets ratcheted up to be one of my favorite things of all time. Mm -hmm. And I went from being like, oh, I'm curious to watch The Bad Seed to being like, yo, this movie's awesome and everybody should watch it. Cool. It is so good, so interesting, so ahead of its time. Um, and quite frankly, I will be spoiling it. Mm -hmm. That's what we're doing here on the show. We're going to be spoiling I'll do the bad seed. Then we're going to spoil the good son. Yep. Macaulay Culkin. Mm -hmm. And Elijah um, Wood. And Elijah Wood. I apologize. Mm -hmm. Sorry, Elijah. <laughs> but um, so we're going to spoil the hell out of these things. So be wary of that. And especially because I do say, go watch the bad seed. If you don't want to be spoiled, if you want to go in fresh, go, go, go. I can even tell you that it's so funny the way that the movie ends. Um, it's, it's based on a book that became a Broadway play mm -hmm. that became a movie. The Broadway cast is the cast of the movie. Oh, I didn't know that. It's very fun. That's cool. And it ends with a very theatrical um, sort of like welcoming of the cast. And Patty McCormick as Rhoda. And she steps out and does a little curtsy. They do curtain calls. Really? And then this pops up on the screen. You have just seen a motion picture whose theme dares to be startlingly different. May we ask that you do not divulge the unusual climax of this story. Thank you. Basically, we know this movie's out there. Yeah. Don't spoil it. Right. The movie in 1956 came with a don't spoil this, keep the secrets uh -huh. type message. I'm going to be doing that. Right. It's taken 70 years for somebody to divulge the unusual climax, but I'm going to be the person to finally do it. It's going to be well. 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's also what they did with Psycho, by the way. I know. Hitchcock was one of the first people to go like, make sure you take your seats at the beginning of the picture, not the really middle. good Hitchcock. Because people used to yeah. just wander into a theater midway through a movie and be like, I wonder what this is. Yeah, well, there used to be those like, you know. What do you call them? I don't remember what it's called, but the like serialized movies or whatever right. that would play more regularly. So you could kind of pop in just midway. Pop in. It's like not a big deal. Exactly. Yeah. But this movie, 1956. Hey, don't spoil it. But no. I'm about to. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about the bad seed officially. Yeah. As I said, based on a book. And when you Google bad seed book, here's what you get. This is a book about a bad seed. A bad seed. Do you really want to know how? He lies about pointless stuff. He cuts in line every time. And he does plenty of other bad stuff, too. But he also proves that it's never too late to change your ways. What? Where is this from? Uh, This is a 2017 children's book. Okay. Written by Jory John, who is also the writer of The Cool Beans, which I read to Zoe like a month ago. It's upstairs in the nursery. Yeah. The Bad Seed is a children's book. I can't believe that also the Bad Seed children's book takes top spot. Although, I guess- It takes precedence. Well, it takes precedence, but also like the, the- the publishers are probably more up on the SEO for a new book of Bad Seed, which That's is search true. engine optimization, getting your stuff to the top of Google. Like, it's more of a priority to get a new children's book out there than whatever company produced the Bad Seed. Right. I'm not sure that William March, author of the Bad Seed from 1954. <laughs> really has somebody out there doing SEO for him. Yeah. Probably or not. is learning computers himself yeah. 70 years later. Right. But um, I think it also speaks to the idea that, again, kind of like Psycho, and I haven't really thought about the bad seed in terms of psycho but maybe i should be mm-hmm. they are i guess two um peas in a pod in a way yeah but um two seeds in a satchel nut <laughs> two seeds in a nut <laughs> two nuts in a pouch yeah i'll tell you that much norman bates Woo. and rhoda that's true <laughs> rhoda penmark and norman bates what Yikes. a name rhoda penmark yeah but so um uh i think that the movie or the concept of the bad seed is so overshadowed that there is a book at all. Mm-hmm. Much the same way that the movie Psycho overshadows that it's based on a novel. Yes, so which is so good. I know, it really, really is. So, the bad seed, the movie. Uh, here's basically what it's about. And this thing is surprisingly dense and complicated, so I'm going to try to keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Rhoda is a precocious young girl. She's always wearing frilly dresses, even though... Uh, girls of the age are starting to wear jeans. Oh. She's not interested in that. She prefers to dress in her frilly dress with her two long blonde pigtails. Mm-hmm. And she dances around in her tap shoes that she made herself. Okay. They say that like she herself managed to put like a little arc of metal on the bottom so that she can tap. Oh. So she's a genius kid. But also, weirdly, even though it's 1956, which feels like a different society entirely yeah she's also not with the times Mm. she is not a very modern little kid she prefers older fashion type little girl stuff okay which is odd to think of something from 1956 as being possible she doesn't want to wear jeans right right she's complicated uh uh, complimented a lot by her aunt monica who is really the landlady who lives upstairs. Mm-hmm. Um, she keeps lavishing gifts on Rhoda, and, and then she gives Rhoda something that she, Aunt Monica, received when she was eight years old. She's like, we're just going to have to switch out the gemstone for your gemstone, Rhoda. And Rhoda goes, can't I have both? 
And her mom's like, Rhoda. Yeah. And she goes, and and Monica even goes, oh, come on. She knows what she wants and she asks for it. And so everything about Rhoda mm-hmm. is justified. Um, no matter how selfish or how much she acts up, it is um, a, a strength of hers. Yeah. gets turned into. She gets praise. Okay. For some of her bad behavior. I mean, a lot of girls get praised for the opposite. So. That's true. Not mad about it. Yes. As we meet her, she is super steamed, mm-hmm. Rhoda, because recently um, her teacher, Miss Fern, gave out a medal, which she rarely does. She gave the medal out for best penmanship, and Rhoda believes she should have gotten it. Well, last name is Penmark, for God's sake. Absolutely. Her mother is a writer, uh, her mother Christine. Her grandfather um, is Richard Bravo. Yes, the Richard Bravo. What? Yes. Uh, so she comes from writers. Uh-huh. Penmark is her name. And yet, the gold medal for best penmanship went to that little Cretan Claude Daigle. No. Damn it, Claude Daigle. Didn't even deserve it. We start to see that this kid's got a temper. Uh-huh. Rhoda believes that she deserves the medal. She is incensed that she is not getting the medal. Um All right, Rhoda's mom, Christine, is very concerned about her. She sees the sort of writing on the wall that Rhoda's got a temper that other people, you know, smile about. They're like, oh, isn't she so fiery? Isn't she so smart? Um, And she's a little concerned. She kind of wishes that the school would be a place where uh, the the super advanced Rhoda could still be taught how to be a kid. Yeah, a little. Learn a little patience, play with other children. But it seems she doesn't play with other kids very much. Um, uh, Rhoda's father, played by Richard Gere, who I have to assume is an ancient being. What? He, this man looks exactly like Richard Gere. Oh, okay, okay, all yeah. right. He I- looks exactly like Richard Gere. Okay. It's not actually Richard Gere. I know, I, my Although head was might spinning be. for a second because I was like, how could that possibly be? He looks so much like Richard Gere. Mm. He's in the army and he's going to be away for a while. Dad's out of the picture. Okay. There's also, our other uh, character out there is wacky old Leroy. Not Leroy. Okay. Some, Leroy. Some people call him Leroy. Most people call him <laughs> Leroy. It's weird that there's both. I know. He sort of like keeps the grounds, mm-hmm. right? He's the groundskeeper guy. And he's definitely like an archetype of like the scrounging around the dirt, like, oh, yeah, I'll clean out the garbage. Yeah. I'll, I'll be right there. I'm going to clean out your garbage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's said to have the intellect of an eight year old. Oh. Okay. And he does not like. Rhoda. Oh, he can sense it. In fact, he's determined to get her somewhere, somehow. Uh, he sleeps in the basement, uh-huh. uh, which is weird. And uh, I'm going to read you some segments of the script from this movie because I find the, the dialogue to be surprisingly intense and, again, more modern than 1950s. <laughs> or maybe not necessarily modern, but definitely not what I thought would be in a movie in the 1950s. He <laughs> like calls Rhoda the C word. <laughs> 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 no, this is this is Aunt Monica who owns the apartment building talking to Leroy. Okay. Leroy has sprayed water at Rhoda's shoes, her tap shoes. Okay. And uh uh he's in trouble. So Aunt Monica goes, I employ you. I tried to give you the benefit of every doubt because you have a family. I've thought of you as emotionally immature, torn by irrational rages, a bit on the psychotic side. As if that's that's not the bad part yet. A bit on the psychotic? Psychotic? Yeah, that's a strong word. A bit on the psychotic side. That's intense. But after this demonstration, I think my diagnosis was entirely too mild. You're definitely a schizophrenic with paranoid overtones. 
What? I've had enough of your discourtesy and surliness, and so have the tenants in my building. Does Aunt Monica have, like, Firebrand. the DSM-5 in her, I guess it'd be like the DSM-1 or something? Right? Isn't the, yeah. this language is, is surprising to me for the 50s. You're definitely a schizophrenic with paranoid overtones. She is not fit to make that diagnosis. But still, to be, like, throwing that out as an When was an Freud, insult? like, very hot? Uh, never. What do you mean? Like on the cover Popular. of like. Popular. Like people were like aware of like psychology and Freudian stuff. On so the maybe... cover of GQ. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe it was, you know, a, a holdover from maybe. then. She is, she is. There's also a whole thing in this book about criminologists, uh-huh. uh, which I also find interesting. And Aunt Monica, I think, uh, fancies herself to be sort of like, they imply that she goes to a lot of psychologists, so okay. she's got sort of like the idea that she can diagnose people. Yeah, it sounds like it. That's quite. <laughs> here's some quite other a bunch of stuff to roll out. I know. Here's some other dialogue of of Aunt Monica and Christine, the mother, uh, speaking. Uh, Christine asks, "What do you feed a criminologist?" Because their criminologist friends are going to come around. Aunt Monica says, uh, "Prussic acid, blue vitriol, ground glass." Um, Christine says, "Haha, hot weather things." And Aunt Monica goes, oh, nothing would hurt Reggie. He thrives on buckets of blood and sudden death. Oh. And this is all part of the, ha see you later yeah, yeah, sort of yeah. moment. But again, intensity. Hmm, yeah. Intensity. They're sitting around. And playfulness with serious things. Yeah. Which I think is probably what is striking you as modern. Maybe that's it. There's yeah. a little, there's irony here. Yeah, yeah. Having fun with murder. It's mm-hmm. very true crime. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they say to the criminologist. Very screamy. Very screamy. Yeah. No, you're, you're not wrong at all. Entertain us with your latest work. What is your bloodthirsty scribbling about to disclose now? Hmm. Uh, criminologist says, I've been making a collection of data on Mrs. Allison. News budget wants an article on her. Oh, you mean the practical nurse who killed all those people? They're getting into talking about serial killers. Yeah. She did away with nine patients for the life insurance with almost as many different poisons. Uh, but you read about her in the paper, didn't you, Mrs. Penmark? The mother, Christine Penmark. Oh, only hastily, I must say. I'm I'm afraid I shy away from reading about such things. Aunt Monica. Now, that's an interesting psychic block. Why would Christine dislike reading about murders? And, and, she's, and then Christine's like, oh, listen, I stay away from all that stuff. I don't even like that my army husband has a gun in the house. Uh-huh. Like, it's all very true. Sitting around... Gossiping about murder and crime. Why yeah. now why would Christine dislike talking about killers? Uh-huh. Because obviously everybody does. Right. Even back in the 50s. They get around to talking about the serial killer Bessie Denker. Most amazing woman in all the annals of homicide. She was beautiful, she had brains, she was ruthless, and she never used the same poison twice either. Her father, for example, died of rabies, supposedly contracted from a mad dog. Just weird. Wow. Yeah. Kristen goes, did you say Bessie Denker? She's thrown by it. And we don't know why yet. Um, okay. One day. Um, uh, actually, I think it's that same afternoon. Uh-huh. Through the radio, we now hear that uh, a breaking bulletin. A child has drowned. They start to panic. Could it be Rhoda? Yeah. No. It was Claude Daigle, the boy who had who won. Who won the penmanship award. Yes. Not only that. Uh, when Rhoda comes home, Christine is all nervous, like, maybe I should be alone with her. I want to make sure that she's okay. Yeah. Uh, Rhoda gets home, and she's like, yeah, oh, it was a strange day. That Daigle boy drowned. Can I have a peanut butter sandwich? And then she wants to put on her roller skates, and she just wants to roller skate down the street. And Christine is so thrown that her kid is not 
she's like unaffected. She's almost just like glad that she's okay, but it's weird. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It kicks off a a ton of suspicion. Here are some of the facts. The Daigle boy was uh, found, his body was found in the water at the end of a pier. He drowned, his body was found among the pilings. What wasn't found on his body was the penmanship medal. It Mm. is missing. Um, Daigle's mother starts coming around and she's begun to just drink heavily. Um, a lot of people criticize this woman's performance uh, as saying that she was like a little too theatrical. A lot of the performances were sort of criticized. They were also nominated well, for Oscars. Especially if they were on Broadway. Like yeah. you're supposed to really be playing for the rafters. Yes, and they are. So, yeah. A lot of them are. I think it's a flavor. It's a style. Yeah. I really enjoyed myself during mm-hmm. this entire movie. And then I saw a bunch of people online going like, they're being cartoonish. Yeah. I don't care. So um, uh, uh, Claude Daigle's mother says that um, – here's another uh, bit of info about him. She says it's not just that he drowned. It's what he obviously went through. The um, the the mortician had to cover up like little curvy scars mm-hmm. on his head and hands. She's like, it's my boy. That's my boy. And she's all – she's destroyed. Mm-hmm. She's an absolutely destroyed person. Um, Leroy begins taunting Rhoda because she's being so calloused. And he's basically insinuating right away. He's like, you had something to do with that Dago boy, didn't you? Yeah. And just like sneaking around, creeping around. He starts getting in trouble. People are like, stay away from her. Uh Hey, hey, Leroy. Leave her alone. That's enough of you. Yeah. And we start almost getting red herring type stuff of Leroy going like, oh, I'll make her scared yet. Mm -hmm. I'll find a way to get her. He like mutters to himself in scenes of himself alone. He soliloquizes about how much he wants to get her. Yeah. Uh, And we start to get some of the classic, the classic stuff of Rhoda talking to her mother. Every time her mother becomes curious um, or suspicious, uh, she ends up doing this. She'll, she'll. She'll gently put her hands on her mother's cheeks and start <laughs> caressing her face and saying, oh, I've got the prettiest mother, the <laughs> nicest mother. Yeah. That's what I tell everybody. I say I've got the sweetest Ooh. mother in the world. If she wanted a little boy so bad, why didn't she take one of the orphans home? And her mom's like, whoa, what does that mean? Why don't I take one of the orphans? What? Yeah. Basically, Rhoda's saying, like, why are you worried about this boy? Oh, Who okay. Cares, yeah, right, right. Right? You're being yeah. a little overly upset about this boy. Yeah. Rhoda's saying other stuff that's callous, too. Leroy is like, why aren't you upset? And she goes, why should I be upset? He's the one who drowned. Yeah. It's like harsh, 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 harsh. Rhoda's hardcore. Yeah. Um, uh, Christine keeps trying to call her husband and then and then second-guessing herself and hanging up. I, I don't know. She starts to grow suspicious of something. She's always felt that she, Christine, might have been adopted. Mm-hmm. She eventually has it confirmed when her father comes over. He was the the Richard Bravo, by the way. Right. Not just any Richard Bravo. The Richard Bravo. The writer. Yeah. He had once been writing about Bessie Denker, the serial Uh-oh. killer. And he found a child, Christine. Mm-hmm. Raised her as his own. Oh, boy. And so- It's in Rhoda's blood. It's in, yeah. There's a whole conversation in this movie about nature blood. versus nurture. <laughs> mm-hmm. The criminologists like go on at length about like, well, yes, it very much can be in the blood. And uh, Christine's dad, the Richard Bravo, right. has always felt, no, it's the environment. Mm-hmm. It's about how you were raised and and what you go through that makes you the person you are. Not just being born bad or good. This movie is essentially making a case for, no, you can be born right. with, you know, psychopathy. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a gene mm-hmm. in a sense. So let's get spicy. Rhoda and Leroy are arguing. 
Yeah. Leroy is taunting her so much. He knows about the crescent. It's <laughs> like Leroy needs to get a grip. Ro- Leroy's got some issues. He's an adult. He sleeps in the basement on yeah, a bed right. of Excelsior. Right. What do you mean a bed of Excelsior? Evidently, I guess that's hay. I don't know. What? There's a whole scene of Rhoda going like, oh, here, have some Excelsior. You sleep in this, don't you? Oh. In that makeshift bed behind the furnace. I, and she's throwing hay at him. It must be like he, some- Does he work for her? He works for the building. Okay, okay. Know? So I think that it's it's Somebody almost- Somebody needs to help him. Leroy's in bad shape. It seems like Leroy's in a very bad way. He's having a hard He's time. He's sleeping on hay and behind- fighting with eight-year-olds. Yeah, right. Yeah. But so anyway, he starts taunting her further, saying, I bet you hit that boy with a stick. I uh-huh. bet you killed him. And I bet you got blood on that stick. And I bet I know what you did with that stick. You threw it into the woods. But uh, I know oh. something you don't know. I know something you don't know. Even if you cleaned all that blood off that stick- the police have bloodhounds. He calls them stick bloodhounds because mm-hmm. he's he's Leroy. He's Leroy. Leroy does what Leroy wants. <laughs> but so um, he goes. Even if you washed all the blood off the stick, the bloodhounds can find it. Uh-huh. And if the bloodhounds find it, the police have a sort of powder that they can sprinkle on that stick, and it'll blow as glue. It'll glow as blow as glue. Yeah. <laughs> it'll flow green. It'll flow flow green. It'll glow as blue as a robin's egg, and they'll catch you. Leroy just put himself in the line of fire, I he feel. Did. He also tells her that when they catch hay her- Hay is very flammable. It, oh, yeah. He tells her that when they catch her, they've got electric chairs uh, for her. They've got little blue ones for little boys and little pink electric chairs for girls just like Rhoda. This is what prompts Rhoda to try to get rid of the murder weapon. Uh-huh. Her mother catches her trying to sneak to the incinerator with the tap shoes. The metal that she added to her tap shoes are in the shape of a crescent along the heel. Oh, the Rhoda. curved. Uh huh. Rhoda finally confesses, Ooh. and it is in a very disturbing, you know, warped justification serial killer logic. Uh huh. I hated that Claude Daigle. I asked him for the medal. I asked him to give it to me, and he wouldn't. So I hit him, and then I hit him again. He made me do it. Like it, she is scary. Yeah, she is very. F- and then she'll turn on a dime to be like. But you won't turn me in, mother, will won't you? Will you? I'm so scared of what they do to me. I have the prettiest mother, the nicest mother. <laughs> like she always turns it to be yeah. she was the victim. Yeah, right. He wouldn't give me the medal, so I hit him. Mm-hmm. I had to. Then I knocked him off the pier, and he tried to grab onto the end, and he said he was gonna tell. And I couldn't let him do that to me, mother. I couldn't let him tell. So she hit him on the hands with her shoes as well. That's why his mm-hmm. body is covered in those little crescent. Yep. Shapes. She admits to the murder. And her mother, not really knowing what to do, mm-hmm. sits quietly and finally goes, bring your shoes to the incinerator. Burn okay. them. Christine is now in on it, right. essentially. And in such a way that- Ooh, she's as, giving Rhoda too much power. Yes. As Rhoda skips away, happy, yeah. you realize this worked out exactly the way that Rhoda needed it to. She didn't want to get caught. Yeah. Having gotten caught, this is the best possible scenario. Absolutely. Mommy's going to cover for me. Now she knows she can make mommy do anything. Yes, which is why she goes after Leroy next. Yeah. Leroy claims that he he figures out about the shoes. Mm -hmm. Um, He tells her that he got them out of the incinerator. He doesn't know. He's just sort of like trying to mess with her. He doesn't even necessarily think this is all definitely happening. Yeah. He's been, he's, I don't know what Leroy's deal is, but once he lands on it and she's like, give me those shoes. He's like, that's it, isn't it? It's real. Yeah. Oh my God. I was right about all this. He's like, I don't have them. I'm telling you, I don't have them. She goes, give me those shoes. Like she's not going to let him go. Yeah. And then there's a fire. There's a fire in the basement 
and Leroy is he no freaking more. Freaking knew it. He's dead. I freaking knew she would see that Excelsior and be like the quickest path to Leroy murder. Yep. Burning yep. up the Excelsior. Yep. As Christian is watching the fire burning, Rhoda's in her bed. Smiling like Wayne at the end of Wayne's world. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, no, her, the mother is staring in horror. Yeah. Uh, Rhoda has secreted away to her bedroom to play play Claire de Lune on her piano. Faster and faster, louder and louder, faster and faster, louder and louder, faster and faster, louder and louder, while Christine's going, my God, what did you do? Get out here, Rhoda. And Rhoda's essentially trying to drive her mother crazy now. Mm-hmm. And so she goes, do you love me, Mommy? It wasn't my fault. He said he'd tell the police and give them my shoes. <laughs> so again, not Rhoda's fault. It's never her fault. It turns no. out they had a nanny at an old place that she pushed down the stairs once. But she had to. She had. She always had to. Mm-hmm. Um, Christine is starting to get scared about them locking Rhoda up. Yeah. She's in a, a crazy place of my child's a killer. I was always nervous about her and now all my worst fears are confirmed in triplicate Mm -hmm. but i don't want them to take my daughter i don't want them to take her Mm -hmm. so she reads rhoda a story hands her her vitamins rhoda eats them all with her apricot juice which is so good it doesn't even need ice she (laughs) loves apricot juice rhoda penmark she zonks out rhoda christine puts her in her bedroom closes the door walks into her own room Bang. Holy crap. We hear a gun go off. Fade back up. Daddy's home. Richard Gere's back. Uh Uh-huh. And it turns out that the gunshot alerted Aunt Monica upstairs, who came down, found Rhoda, and had just enough time to save her. Oh. Rhoda's just fine. She's skipping down the hospital hallway into Daddy's arms. And Mommy... Well, mommy survived too, which is surprising for a number of reasons that I'll get into. She survived her own gunshot wound, Uh though she tried to kill herself. Right. That night, with mommy still in the hospital and daddy none the wiser, Rhoda puts on her rain slicker and she goes down to the pier where she had pushed that Daigle boy into the water. You see, when mommy found the metal, she got rid of the evidence by throwing it where it belongs into the water. But Rhoda is going out now to claim what's rightfully hers. So in the dark... In the rain, she walks down the street with her flashlight, clicking it against the white fence post as she go- goes, almost like a Tom Sawyer type. Yeah. Like a little kid out Joyful. in the world. Yeah. yeah. Goes out into the water, sees it under the water with her flashlight, grabs a net, goes to fish it out. <laughs> Lightning strikes. Blows up the end of the pier. The camera pans up through a tree into the night sky. Rhoda has been destroyed by. That is an unconventional ending, or whatever they called it. What they yes, call it? They called it a an unusual climax. Yeah. Uh, Rhoda has been killed by Zeus, the yeah. god of thunder. Yeah, she had blown a smithereens. Has struck the bad seed, and she is dead. And it just says the end. That's the end of this movie. This crazy, loaded, dense. It sounds awesome. Twisty, turny, true crimey, yeah, killer kid story about psychopathy and nature versus nurture. Yeah, and oh my gosh, Rhoda is the 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 grandchild of a prolific serial killer. Uh huh. Did it skip a generation, or maybe or, it didn't? Because yeah. Christine was obviously struggling with a lot as well. Mm-hmm. It's it's so it's heavy. 
It's, it is it's, heavy. it's got heavy, heavy themes. It really does. And I think they knew that. For what I remember as being a, se- a somewhat campy movie. Yeah. Oh, I've got the prettiest mother. <laughs> yeah. The sweetest mother. They knew exactly. It's even campy and amazing that the pier gets struck by lightning and explodes. It's an act of God. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. It's this child has gone too yeah. bad. Yeah. She must be removed from the planet. Right. We have to We have to course correct. Yes. We made a problem up here. Also, doesn't that almost imply on a destiny type level that christine was right to try to kill her child with pills yes that's strange Mm -hmm. so um so they obviously knew that this was too heavy matter (laughs) of fact this is not what the book ends with nor the broadway play it was because i like it i i think it's fascinating i think it is fascinating fascinating uh from imdb the original ending had rhoda surviving and her mother dying Mm -hmm. that is what it is in the book and in the play, the implication is that Rhoda will be yeah. just fine and she's going to keep on keeping on. And her mother is basically just another victim. I mean, that seems like a very cut and dry kind of typical and good and fine yes. ending for something. Be like, oh, it's going to continue on. Yes. You know. But so uh, the motion picture production code in effect at the time, however, required that, quote, crime shall never be presented in such a way as to throw sympathy with the crime as against law and order. Mm. The usual interpretation of this was that criminals were not allowed to get away with it. Because of this, the ending was changed. Rhoda's mother survived being shot in the head, and Rhoda herself was killed by a bolt of lightning by a lake. What a what a fix to like that's to like crazy. She had to be punished. Yeah, that's crazy. Punished by God. Yeah. Punished by the gods of weather or random chance. Yeah. That's even scarier. I think they probably, it's, I don't know, is it implied that it's God punishing her? No, no It seems more like not. a random chance It's thing. more about random chance. But, but in, like, a, in a story that's about nature or nurture that's and true. sort of like the an undertone to me is almost like a predestination mm-hmm. kind of idea, it does to me start to flirt, not in a deliberate textual way, but it does start to flirt with like who's governing these events. Yeah. You know? And you can call that God, whatever. It's awesome. To me, I my true interpretation, I think, is that it's the God hand of the filmmaker mm-hmm. going, oh, we have to kill her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lightning. Yeah. The, the, like, in-universe. Yeah, kind of what else can you do? The in-universe is the harsh reality of randomness. Christine could not have truly guessed that she was the child of a serial killer. Right. Or that her child would become a serial killer herself. It's about right. how punishingly brutal mm-hmm. nature is. Yeah. That's what it's really about. Yeah. Like in-universe rules. Nature is going to kill you. Um, you know, it's kind of the yin to Dexter's yang. Because Dexter yeah. is nurtured yes, into a true. serial killer yeah. because he's born in blood. That's very much true. I keep I, saying blood like that. Blood. I'm joking, but I'm I'm starting to annoy myself. Well, also I yeah. say the word blood. Dexter was found at a crime scene and raised yeah. by a police officer father. Mm-hmm. Rhoda was found at a crime scene and raised by a journalist father. Dexter is sort of or not Rhoda. Um, Christine was found at a crime scene. Christine, yes, yeah. thank you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you're right. Like Dexter is almost like a, a bite at the same apple mm-hmm. or something. A lot of a lot of stories have later tried oh, to recapture yeah. this or iterate on this. Yes, this is also one of those sure. things. The was, Good Son for sure does, I, which I I think is a wonderful double feature for us. I just have I a few so more too. things. No, to no, no, fine. Say. I wasn't even trying to transition. Yeah, I'm just saying. There's a lineage here. I was mm-hmm. saying this to Allie the other day. I was like. I forget what specifically we were talking about, but um, we were talking about sometimes it's nice to like watch a movie that is so ingrained in pop culture or like modern thinking that now that you've seen it, 
you go, oh, I see where all the references yeah, have totally. been right in front of me that I've been blind to. Like when I saw Twin Peaks, mm-hmm. I was I was older. Yeah. And suddenly I was like, oh my God. Everything is like Twin Everything Peaks. Everything I've seen suddenly makes so much more sense because it was yeah. all influenced by this. Bad Seed is very much like that to me. I see the connective strands to a million other places from here. Totally. I need to warn you. Well, not you really as much, but everybody out there, if you don't have Twin Peaks on DVD or whatever and you want to watch Twin Peaks, it's leaving Netflix at the end of June. Oh, interesting. So get in there. Get in there. It's the best. So like I said, the end of this movie was too intense for for the Hayes Code or whatever. So they had to change it. Uh, Not only that, they obviously knew it was too intense. And like I said, it opens with a curtain call like Broadway. Everybody comes out and takes their bow. I wonder if that's partially to show... Obviously, they know it's a movie, but like this little girl is alive here. That it's okay. Yeah. It absolutely is. Uh-huh. Because when uh, the performer who plays Christine comes in, she does her like sort of bow and then she goes, and you, and she wags her finger finger and runs over where Rhoda uh-huh. is sitting on the couch very much alive. Yeah. And the actress playing the mother grabs the actress playing the daughter, pulls her over her knee and starts spanking her. Uh-huh. What a big hole. Like, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Yeah. That's all, folks. It's campy, yeah. But I think it's to make you go, okay, everything's okay. Yeah, right. This kid's being punished in like not a proper way, but the 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 metaphor of they're still mm-hmm. here. They're yes. not. They're not dead. One of them doesn't have a gunshot <laughs> wound in the head, and the other one's right. not exploded off a pier. Right. They're sitting on the couch together. Yeah. And the mother is finally getting the better of the child. Uh-huh. Spanking ain't right. Nah. But like, at least it undo does like metaphorically what you just spent spent two hours staring at. Yeah. So, young Patty McCormick, who played Rhoda, was nominated for an Oscar. Uh, Did not win it, but was nominated. Uh, Here are some things that people have said from Wikipedia. Psychologist Robert D. Hare argues that the evidence um, of the movie suggests psychopathy is an inborn trait. He discusses the bad scene in his 1993 nonfiction book, Without a Conscience. A lengthy quote from the novel opens Hare's book, describing uh, in March's words, the author, in March's words, how most decent individuals are not by nature suspicious and thus unable to understand or anticipate the acts of evil and depravity that some people are capable of committing. Later in the book, he argues that the novel is remarkably true to life. Uh, it's a portrayal of the development of psychopathy in childhood, illustrating both Rhoda's callous use of others to serve her own ends, as well as Christine's, the mother's, growing helplessness and desperation Hmm. as she realizes the extent of her daughter's behavior. Yeah. So the novel from 1956 was actually, according to one person at least, fairly realistic. Interesting. Nature. Yeah. It's a gene. Uh, Here's a review from Amazon. I have exactly one because it was awesome. Uh Uh-huh. One star review from Sandra L. Thornton. Film before my time. Would have been good if characters were not from Stone Age. Perhaps Alfred Hitchcock knew all these characters. Did not even know anything was black and white now. What? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pissed. Pissed at a, this movie being in black and white. <laughs> Pissed about she it. She should have turned it off right away then. Yeah. Would be would have been good if characters were not from Stone Age. That's so funny. <laughs> would have been good. Would have been good. But it's too old and in black and white. Yeah. Perhaps Alfred Hitchcock knew all I don't them. get that. The implication is Alfred Hitchcock's some old son of a bitch. <laughs> He probably knew Who them. Who knows everybody who's in black and white? Yeah, I guess. He's so ancient. <laughs> uh, but then maybe they would have loved the remake from 1985, The Bad Seed, which restores the original ending. Rhoda gets away with it. Christine's dead. Nobody liked it. 
Yeah. It's made for television. Yeah. Um, there's also... Did, um, it was anybody we know in it? Not that I really okay. know. Not that jumped out at me, but mm-hmm. I, I do have a surprise cameo in just a second. Uh, in 1995... Surprise cameo just for me. <laughs> what? Surprise cameo just for me. Surprise cameo just for you. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> Scream too. Um, Freaking nerds. In 1995, there was a sort of spiritual sequel starring Patty McCormick, who played Rhoda mm-hmm. in the movie The Child. The movie is called Mommy. Patty McCormick is mom. Mom is a serial killer in this one. Oh, okay. She came back for a sequel in 1997 called Mommy 2, Mommy's Day. What? <laughs> the movie is called Mommy 2, Mommy's Day. Wow. Wow. Are these TV movies? I think they're movie movies. Okay. I think. Mommy 2, Mommy's Day. Mommy 2, Mommy's Day. The first movie. So she was in The Bad Seed. Yeah. Then Mommy. Yeah. Then Mommy 2, Mommy's Day. Okay. They could have called it The Bad Mommy. Yeah, Bad Mommy. Bad Mommy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And the last thing I have to say, there is a modern Bad Seed. 2018, Lifetime original movie, starring McKenna Grace of The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Okay. As the daughter. And the dad is played by the same person who directed this, Rob Lowe. Oh, yeah. Rob Lowe directed the, a modern version of The Bad Seed. Yes. This came out, like, not super long after The Low Files. Oh, really? I th- I think. Because I vaguely, I mean, maybe in the, the next couple of years. Because I remember being like, oh, that's right. Like, yeah. this dude likes weird stuff. I'm in. But I never watched it. I watched. So somebody put together a video of all The Bad Seeds confessing to their crimes. Mm-hmm. And Patty McCormick's is, once again, where she's like, I had to hit him. I hit him again and again and it's so scary in the yeah. in the 85 she's like i had to kill him i knew i was gonna kill him mm-hmm. and then in the 2018 it's roblo whispering he's like i need you to tell me the truth and he goes tell me <laughs> <laughs> it's like very flat i think because he's directing as well it's maybe too much to multitask he's all whispering I'm like, i said tell me again well, maybe he really benefits as an actor from a director you gotta he didn't, tell me. didn't really have one because it was him you maybe. know yeah that's very but funny it was interesting. you can find that online it was very fascinating to see everybody go watch the bad seed i was if it's not clear enough already quite enamored of it where did you watch it amazon is it free on Amazon or? No. Yeah. You can rent it for three bucks or buy it for five. Okay. I'm happy to say I bought it for five. Good. Very that good. That was wonderful. Two hours long, a little too long. Yeah. I'm fine with two hour movies. This, yeah. this in particular did feel a little bit long to me. Mm-hmm. Really, really enjoyed myself. Awesome. Really enjoyed it. Although it would have been better if characters were not from Stone Age. <laughs> but, you but know. But what can you do? And Alfred Hitchcock must have known all of he them. He must have known all of them. Come Whatever. on. I, I didn't even know we, I didn't even know anything was black and white now. What must they thought? Uh, I don't must, even, must have, you know what I'm saying? I don't even know what that what, last sentence What must they means? have thought was going on? That everything in black and white had been colorized? Didn't, did oh, not even maybe. know an, anything was black and white now. You know what? Film before my time would have been good if characters were not from Stone Age. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> the, Sandra L. Thornton can only watch things from after her time. <laughs> That's awesome. During her time? I don't know. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> That's the bad seed. It was so good. Ugh. And scary. Genuinely scary. The Patty McCormick character, it's a frightening portrayal. Yeah. It is a scary movie. It'll make awesome. you feel bad at times. Mm-hmm. It'll freak I'd you imagine. out. I highly recommend it. All right. Awesome. Well, I am going to talk about a movie that was definitely heavily inspired by The Bad Seed called The Good Son from, I think it was 1993, starring Macaulay Culkin and Elijah Wood. 
But first, just want to make sure you know something about these bad seeds. Yeah. These scary children. You can find everything having to do with the show at gttupod.com. You'll have links to our social media, our merch, um, information if you'd like to advertise with us, and very importantly, our Patreon page. You can also go to that directly from patreon.com slash gttupod. And the deal is, is that if you decide to donate $4 or more to us per month as a thank you for doing this show for free every week, we have a bunch of thank you bonuses. So. There is a bonus episode that comes out on the 13th of every month. We have instructions there for how you can put it right into your podcast player with everything else, so it's no big deal, but you get like a secret show that not everybody has. As of recording right now, I believe there are 21 episodes of that that you may not have heard yet, so go do that. As we mentioned, we do a live stream every month where we plan out the next month of shows and we talk to our patrons during the stream we like you know bounce ideas off of each other and sometimes the people who are watching and so the people who are in our patreon often play a pretty big role in molding the shows for the month and at the very least they know what's coming and they see the way that we like to plan this stuff out so it's very fun and then we also have a discord that's only for patrons of the show so a discord is basically like like a chat room and it's divided into all these different subjects and people are talking to each other in there every single day and it's really awesome it's super fun there's so much more to guide to the unknown than just what you're listening to Mm -hmm. but we hope that you're having a good time so also consider going to apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review tell us what you think about the show Mm -hmm. we would greatly appreciate it we really would yeah plus it'll get us closer to starting uh, a new show i want to start called the good seeds where we are just polite to everyone just very nice kids that sound horrible yeah i would hate that the good seeds the good seeds (laughs) No, thank you. (laughs) All right. So let's move on to The Good Son. Have you ever seen The Good Son? No. I think – you know what? I I did read some of the Wikipedia Mm -hmm. uh, for this just out of curiosity. Yeah. And I feel like we talked about it or maybe I just researched it just to research it. I've talked about it because I've wanted to see it forever. I've never seen it before. It just sounds so weird to me, like Macaulay Culkin being like a little bad guy. I know. And, um, you know, he's fun to watch and so is Elijah Wood as kids. So it seemed appealing to me. Like they're people who you know kind of in a horror movie as kids. I have brought it up multiple times. So Maybe that's why. That's why. But I had never seen it before either. Okay. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a very glancing overview of what happens in The Good Son. But then I kind of want to pick out like certain moments that especially stood out and how they relate to the bad seed, like where you can kind of see those threads it and even, tropes that are the same. Stuff it even like that. very much sounds like it's a riff, right? Mm-hmm. The bad it, seed, the, the good, good son. son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. Um, something that I thought was interesting about this is that it was filmed between Home Alone 1 and Home Alone 2. Mm. And Macaulay Culkin's dad, who was managing him, wanted him to do this movie so badly that he told the studio that um, if, he, if he wasn't allowed to do The Good Son, then then he wouldn't do Home Alone 2. Oh. And so there was this like restructuring of the schedule for The Good Son um, because they were in conflict at one point, but he was like adamant that he has to do this movie. I think that they were trying to show like range. Yeah. Okay. Um, And because of the schedule change, luckily Elijah Wood was then available because they wanted him for it. He couldn't do the original shooting schedule. They changed it because of Macaulay Culkin's dad strong arming them. And then they came back to Elijah Wood and were like, can you do it now? And his people or his parents or whatever were like, yes. Okay. And so 
magic was born. Mm-hmm. Now, Macaulay Culkin in this movie, not good. Really? It's not a great performance. Oh. I love Macaulay I Culkin. I like him quite a bit. Um, it's super flat. Yeah. Like, I think there are, he, it just doesn't feel like a bad guy. Yeah. Um, and he's a little, little kid. You know what I mean? But um, there are times, I think, without the musical cues being scary, that you wouldn't necessarily totally know that he's saying something that's meant to be sinister. Oh, really? Like, for example, there's one line where he's talking to Elijah Wood, and, you know, it, it's scary in context, but he says... Once you realize you can do anything, you're free. You can fly. Nobody can touch you. And if it wasn't for music or just the context of the movie being like him feeling free is not a good thing, he's kind of just saying it. Well, to be fair, that line doesn't give you a lot. No, no. I just pulled that as one that like could go either way, I guess. There's a subtext to that that feels a little adult to me. Right? Yeah. Like once you realize, yeah, did you, you can realize do anything? Little kids, do they really feel that encumbered? Like, right. don't they kind of feel like they can do anything anyway? Exactly. Like, but I, that's why, like, even like the bad scene, she's more just sort of being like, I could do whatever I want. Mm-hmm. Like, if he were saying that. Yeah. You know, that would be scary. There aren't really moments like that. It's a very, it's not great. It okay. was entertaining enough. It's 90 minutes. Yeah. It's a tight 90. But. It's it's not great. It's okay. not great. It's it's an uneventful horror movie. It it didn't expand your horizons the way the bad seed did for me. No. It didn't change your life. It didn't change me. <laughs> um I thought that the mom kind of looked like Carla Gugino or however you say her name. Gugino. Gugino. Carla Gugino. Um and so I was spending some time trying to figure out if this is Carla Gugino. So I was working on that. Yeah, I was working on that. <laughs> um, I, I was zoning out a little bit. Sometimes it wasn't great. I'll get to something that I thought was a possibility, even though I knew it could not possibly be. Yeah. But something happened while I was zoned out, and I was like, wait a second. So anyway, here's here's the plot of the bad – or I mean the good son. Here's what's happening. So Elijah Wood's mother in the beginning dies. Um, she's sick and she passes away. And then his dad has to like go on a work trip or something. So he's going to leave Elijah Wood with his family for a couple of weeks, which includes Macaulay Culkin, who is his cousin. So I'm just going to keep calling them Macaulay and Elijah because yeah, it's yeah, easier yeah, for yeah. you to picture at home thinking about it than their names. By the way, the parallels are not just to the bad seed. There's also a parallel to Home Alone. Mm. Where Macaulay Culkin has to spend time with his cousin Fuller, who, if he has Pepsi, he'll wet the bed. He'll wet the bed. What's scarier than that? There's also a parallel to Home Alone because as soon as Elijah Wood comes in, Macaulay Culkin, like, pokes his head down from the stairs and he's wearing this, like, weird paper mache mask and he goes, ah! Really? Yes. Like to try to scare Elijah Wood? Yes. Like oh. playfully. Um, but yeah, I was Does like. Does he look straight in the camera and go, my cousin's here and I'm a serial killer. <laughs> and I'm scary. And wiggle his eyebrows. He, he, uh, sadly, no. Damn. Um, there's another point in the movie where he calls his sister Vermin. And that, it's kind of like a, they're at the table with like family and stuff. And it reminded me of something that Kevin McAllister would say. Because they have such weird insults in Home Alone. Yeah. Um, I feel like you could see him calling Buzz Vermin. You're, you're Vermin, Buzz. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So anyway, so Elijah Wood is going to live there for a while. It's Macaulay Culkin. There's a younger daughter who is a Culkin oh. in her only acting role. She decided after i mean she's like a teeny kid yeah, yeah. but she decided she doesn't want to go into acting um rory culkin is extremely briefly in this only in a photo as the youngest sibling so it's all the all the culkin siblings are the yeah. siblings in this movie Whoa. 
Um, he has a sibling named Richard who drowned in the bathtub when he was an infant. Oh. Um, and so you only see him, him in a picture. And then it's a mom and dad. So over the course of the movie, Macaulay Culkin is slowly showing signs that he's evil. At first, he seems just kind of like playful. Maybe he's a little bit more of like a roughhouser boy than Elijah Wood. But Elijah Wood's kind of like, all right, I, I guess this is okay or whatever. Yeah. And then things start to happen where he's like, you're evil. This is not good. And Macaulay Culkin turns on him when elijah wood is finally like i've had it this is not great and then macaulay culkin starts trying to like set up elijah wood as the crazy one. Oh, so um he tells like he <laughs> they're at the kitchen they're in the kitchen in the middle of the night because elijah wood's getting like a midnight snack or something and uh macaulay is like oh you know i'm sure you think i poisoned my family but i would never do something like that poison all their food why would I do that? And so then Elijah Wood is like, ah! and so it's like pulling everything out of the, the fridge. Ah! Ah! <laughs> I don't know if we talked about it on the show. We have like a, I don't know if you like an inside joke, a, a family shtick. Ryan and I do this too, where it's um, screaming without. <laughs> expressing anything in the eyes and it's always a very not throaty scream it's just that ah, uh, ah. with flat eyes yep that's what they do on like fun. goosebumps or are you afraid of the dark <laughs> yeah. where it's child actors that can't do scared right and the camera just pushes in on them usually before a commercial ah. <laughs> yeah. it fades to they black. look fine pretty much ah. <laughs> yeah. yours is so funny i like struggle ah. to make <laughs> It just makes me laugh. I know. Do it right into the camera. Ryan's is really good too, actually. Ah, I feel like I'm expressing too much, maybe. You know what? I'm doing it too much. You know what I want to do? What? We'll do, maybe we should actually try to do this. Let's mimic what those shows look like Mm -hmm. this weekend. I think we want to come over and go swimming. Yes. Let's do push-ins on your face and mm-hmm. push-in on Ryan. We'll yeah. each do our best version. That sounds very of fun. Of the half face and do like the Dutch angle push-in. That sounds very fun. And then okay. fade to a commercial for like, you know, like Nerf guns and then <laughs> yeah. fade back into another person doing it. Uh, uh, it's so <laughs> so we'll just put funny. them all up. Yep. So you guys it's will. so goddamn You guys funny. will see. It's very, so it's very fun to do and it's very funny to watch other people It's think. one of the funniest things you do. It makes <laughs> me laugh you. so much. <laughs> You're the you. inventor of this, by the way. I did invent I this. I tried to do it. But this is a Kristen. No, you're good at it. Oh, I don't think I'm doing it. You make me laugh the second that your face contorts into this. It's and by so contort, funny. I mean like no, I, I softens. Assume, <laughs> I assume the position. Yeah, you have to let go of any. It's so funny control of yeah. the face. Um, but so he's like no, or <laughs> pulling all this stuff out, and he's like jamming tortellini into the like garbage disposal. And Macaulay runs upstairs. He's like, Mom, Dad, it's Elijah. Something's wrong. And Elijah's like, No, down there. <laughs> So they're like, what is wrong with him? Uh, <laughs> it's totally. Yeah, I'm sorry. And so like um, Elijah is seeing a child psychologist because he's uh-huh. like, you know, his, his mother just passed away and everything. And he needs to tell an adult that like Macaulay is like off his nut. So he like runs to the child psychologist and Macaulay is already there <gasps> telling her oh, no. that Elijah's off his nut. <laughs> what? How did he get there first? I don't know. I don't know. I also feel like they give, like, I, I know it was a different time. I think this was 1993. <laughs> 
I feel like they give kids too much freedom in this town. Like he, like the two of them are just like walking around town together just by themselves, like all the time. And at one point they're in the town and like Macaulay goes to do something and Elijah's on the bench and his psychologist comes up and she's like, you missed our appointment yesterday. Like what's wrong? And I was like, isn't his aunt bringing him to this appointment? It's like this child's responsibility to stick to his schedule. It's up to him to make sure he gets there on time. Yeah. You missed our appointment and it's a nine year old boy. Yeah. Like, like yeah. you don't say it to the the aunt. Ma'am, like <laughs> I'm ten years old. Do you think I'm creeping around here trying to kill my cousin? Right. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so so this is all happening, and Elijah has told the mom, like, look, something's <laughs> not so hot with Macaulay. Mm-hmm. I think that. So I, I was gonna format this a little differently. It doesn't really matter. So. He tries to kill his little sister, Macaulay. Oh. Elijah. Not Elijah Wood? No. Well, later maybe, but no. Well, it's to get Elijah Wood. So, like, Macaulay and Elijah share a room. And at one point, the little sister comes in and is, like, excited to go skating the next day. And she's like, we're going to go skating. And and, uh, Macaulay's like, what did I tell you about coming in my room? Is, like, getting on his sister. And then Elijah comes and, like, chokes Macaulay against the wall. It's like, it's my room, too. And she's allowed to be in here. And he's like, oh, you like her so much. She's such a sweet little girl. It'd be so terrible if something were to happen to her, right? And Elijah's like, you wouldn't dare. And he's like, so then the next day, um, Elijah Wood wakes up in the morning. Macaulay's not in bed. He looks and the little sister is in bed either. And he comes down the stairs to be like, where are they? And he hears his aunt, Macaulay's mom, being like, oh, they're down at Hartford Park, um, you know, ice skating. And Macaulay's like, no. I mean, Elijah. Uh. Uh. <laughs> uh. So Elijah hauls ass to the pond. And so this is the part where I was like zoning out a little bit for a minute. So they're just like skating around the pond. It, so you see Macaulay holding his sister's hand. They're like skating around and they're doing that for a while. And Macaulay's like skating really fast. Does he roller i mean um ice skate in like home alone or home alone 2 in home alone 2 Lost yeah right York. exactly he's okay getting, that's what I he's thought. running away from harry and marv yes and he's goes across the ice mm-hmm. and he slides on his knees like yeah. a rock star that's what i thought going, i Whoa! going in between people's legs and yes. stuff yeah. yes that's what i thought i was like so he this must be like a skill on his resume or something that Likes they pull slide. out yeah loves to slide can do a mean ice skate yeah so he's like pulling her very fast, but she's having a good time. So I was like, okay, I see how this is menacing or whatever. Because, yeah. you know, it's a dangerous place. He's trying to get a tailwind to carry her up and away. Okay, here's the thing. So <laughs> I kind of zone out or whatever. Yeah. Maybe I went to get something to drink. I, I come back and the little. I kind of zoned out. Maybe I wasn't even in the room. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't well, know. <laughs> no. Our kitchen is next to the living okay. room. So. So, yeah, and, like, the last thing I'd seen was, like, him, like, skating really fast in a circle, kind of, and then, like, the next thing I know, the girl is, like, in the ice, like, she's falling through the ice into the water. I knew that this wasn't what happened. It doesn't make sense, but I couldn't help but say it aloud to Ryan. Um, I was like, did he, like spin around the ice so fast like a diamond cutting glass right, to to weaken a circle for his sister to plunge through he drilled into the ice yeah with his own feet right that's what i was didn't really think happened but i was like i saw him going real fast in a circle is that's what he's doing 
It's not what he was doing. He spun with her really fast and then flung her to an area that was cordoned off that was thin ice. Okay. And then she fell through the ice. She was saved, so she's okay. okay. But, you know, Elijah went to the, the mom and was like, I think he tried to kill the little sister. And she's like, what? No. How could you say that or whatever? But enough of a seed is planted, a bad seed. And she's like, eh, I mean, there have been some other weird things. Come to think of it, he so, is crazy. Yeah, right. This kid is nuts. Um, So he has this shed that I feel his parents should check like daily. That's like outside their property. It's like a hole in the fence and there's the woods and there's this like shed out there. Oh, no. So the mom decides to go check out the shed and she's looking around. There is a doll that's hanging from a noose from the ceiling. She has no reaction. She pushes that to the side. She doesn't even really do like a take like yikes, but like I got to keep going. She's just like, huh, push. And I was like, what the hell? She finds a rubber ducky behind something in the shed. And then Macaulay Culkin comes in like holding something. And she's like, where did you get this? This was Richard's rubber ducky, the the son who had dried in the bathtub. Oh. And he's like, it was mine first. Oh. And she's like, why do you have this or whatever? And so she's kind of, and he's like, yeah, give it to me. So they like wrestle. So he's like bad for the first time in front of her. And so she's like, oh God, this is not good. He's the bad son. He's the bad son now. So now she knows like what's up basically. And, um, he, I'm trying to think what happens exactly how this progresses. I, came I, up, I just he, came up with a better name than the the good son. Uh huh. Right. If you're trying to ape off of the bad seed, I yeah. can see why you get to the good son. It's ironic, but to keep it more in the the vegetation, yeah, the world of vegetation, the bad seed, and then here you've got the rough nut. The rough nut. <laughs> sometimes. The tough nut. Like a tough nut to crack. Born a tough nut. Sometimes you're born a tough nut. But a tough nut implies that yeah, it's you're like right. You They're can nice. Get through yeah, a rough yeah. nut. A rough nut. The rough nut. <laughs> now this, all of this ducky business, yeah. is almost exactly what happened with uh, Rhoda, the bad seed, mm -hmm. and the metal. Yes, because exactly. Because she drowned Claude Daigle and took the metal, and it sounds to me like Macaulay Culkin drowned his brother and took the the ducky. He did indeed. Wow. Not good. No. Not good. Uh. Uh. So he realizes he needs to get in his mother's good graces. Like somehow they get back from the shack or whatever. And um, he's like, mom, can we take a walk like we used to and talk or whatever? And she's like, okay. Um, I should mention there's also like a gigantic like 180 foot cliff, like, you know, walking distance or whatever. Okay. So. <laughs> I'm sure you're mentioning that for no reason. <laughs> yes, of course. Like when Elijah Wood told her that like Macaulay Culkin was bad, she was on that cliff just like staring out thinking about Richard. Ah. And um, she slapped him, Elijah Whoa! Wood, because she like can't handle this. Uh, she yeah. misses her one son. Now you're saying this other son is bad, but she Ugh. obviously came around. Yeah. So they're taking a walk there and Macaulay pushes his mom off the cliff. What? Yeah. Uh, and But Elijah Wood saw that they were going off to take a walk. So he's like, oh, no, I need to save my aunt. And he came after them. And then he starts wrestling with Macaulay on the ground, on the cliff. And so the mom has, like, the most strength ever and is able to climb back. She didn't fall all the way down. But she, like, gets back up. And then in their tussle that they're having, they both end up over the cliff. And the mom has one of them on each arm. Oh, no. 
Right. And like, it's a far thing down. And so then Macaulay Culkin, kind of like the bad seed, starts being like, mommy, mommy. Like he was like such an evil little bad guy. And he's like, mommy, I love you. Please save me, mommy. Mommy, please. Or whatever. And uh, Elijah's like, no, help. And she lets go of Macaulay Culkin and saves Elijah Wood. Oh my God. Yeah, he's slipping it. They're both slipping. It's, you gotta make a decision. She's gonna have to pick one. Yep. And she lets Macaulay go and it is really high up and it's a shot of Macaulay Culkin falling like he's falling off of Nakatomi Plaza. Yeah. And um, it's intense and she and she picks up Elijah Wood and then they, you know, they fall on the cliff and they're like, eh, or whatever. And it ends with Elijah Wood in voiceover being like, you know, so. That was a hell of a summer. Kind of. <laughs> kind of he's like so you know whatever her name is saved me sometimes i wonder if she regrets it but here i am or whatever and that's it (laughs) bye bye yeah yeah it's a wild movie crazy so like i said those are the broad strokes i want to tell you some about some of the bad stuff he does yeah yeah this kid is very bad awesome so where the cracks start to come in there's some warning signs first of all but it's really just kind of like meta warning signs like you know what this movie is about so you're gonna know he's a bad kid and they're also kind of meta because like i said i don't feel like macaulay culkin comes across as like a villain but you know what it's supposed to be um so when they first, when Elijah Wood gets there the first night, they're eating lobsters and Macaulay Culkin shows him how to like crack a lobster. And then he like is fake stabbing it, but it's like a joke, like yeah, he's yeah, laughing yeah. or whatever, but you're like, oh, this kid likes it. He kicks Elijah Wood under the table oh. and Elijah Wood kicks him back. And then I feel like Macaulay is a little bit like, oh, huh. An like, adversary. Like I like can't bully you. Yeah. yeah. Game recognized game. Huh. We can do this here. Um, but you know that he's not just being playful. You know there's a hint of aggression in yeah. there. There is a dog that chases them when they're in town, like a super aggressive, like teeth and gums bear dog. And they run across this bridge and they're able to like slam this um gate shut for the dog or whatever. And it's like barking and like very scary. And he Macaulay Culkin gets back in its face and is like, <laughs> Oh god. And then he's like, I love that dog. What? <laughs> maybe it's a kindred spirit. I, he just enjoys the the, the crazy rabidness yeah. of right. Yeah. Um, he has a weird like crossbow thing that he's fashioned himself. That's one of the things that's in the shed, what? and it shoots like um like screws and nuts and stuff. <laughs> what that you just find it doesn't have like bullets, but it has like yeah like screws. That is some like Kevin McAllister stuff to make. I know. Yeah, I know. And um, he says he's gonna give a kitty cat a scare. And Elijah Wood is like along for that. He's not like yeah, but he's like okay. And so he like shoots a like a screw like what? at a cat, and it hits like right above a tree, like in a okay. tree right above the cat. <laughs> and um, Elijah Wood's like, "Whoo, that was close!" Because he just thought it'd be fun to give the cat a scare. And Macaulay is like, "Yeah, the sight's not done on this thing yet," because oh. he like meant to get the cat. They, they couldn't commit to him shooting a cat well, with his screw gun. Oh, he shoots a dog. He does? Screw gun. Now, again, I was a little zoned out. I don't know if it was that aggressive dog. I feel no. I don't know if I was awake or asleep. I, I might Un- have been outside. Unclear. I don't know. I might have been in my room. Could have been at the store. Yeah. 
<laughs> I don't think it was that aggressive dog, but because like that dog would come after them, I feel like yeah. if it saw them. But it'd be kind of weird to have two dogs in here. But I'm not sure. Okay. But he does shoot a dog Ugh. and kill the dog oh with the cross, but you don't see it. And he and Elijah Wood put it in like a burlap sack what? and bring it into this cemetery where there's a well and they throw it down into the cemetery. Now, this is the point where Elijah Wood is like, this this kid's like not right. And now he's all also been like co-opted into helping him cover yes. up his shenanigans. More than once. That's the first time. The second time, William, I almost pooped my bald pants at what <laughs> I saw. So he asks him, or like uh, Macaulay asks elijah wood if he wants to see something um see something that is amazing or no he says okay he says if he doesn't want to see something cool or whatever he brings him into the shack there is a paper mache man in there <laughs> what do you mean a paper mache man okay it looks like Callistra. That we oh talked about. God. Well, not really. It's it's more lumpy paper mache, but it basically looks like the mask that Macaulay Culkin had on when he first came in. But right. he turned it into a whole person who's wearing like clothes and stuff. And he says, "This is Mister Highway." What? I, he's I was making like, a man. He made a man, and and he's like, "What are you going to do with him?" I'm going to put him in the window and make him dance to this. <laughs> this guy's been talking about. I wonder who could be. Is they know. I'm the heaviest cat. And Harry and Marv are going to drive past and be like, they're home. (laughs) Cheese it, Marv. (laughs) Um, Get out of here, you (laughs) nosy little pervert. I'm going to slap you silly. (laughs) Those movies are so good. (laughs) They're so funny. But no, a full paper mache man. They like zoom in on his face. He's wearing like a fishing hat. And I was like, what is this now? What am I looking at? His name is Mr. Highway. So Elijah is like, what are, you, what are you doing with this? And he's like, something amazing. You in? And Elijah's like, yeah, sure. So they start walking with Mr. Highway, who's like a huge person-shaped thing, until they are at an overpass for a highway. Now, Elijah, I know you're young, but like, what do you think is going to happen together. here? Yeah. Get it together. You know what's going to go down here. So obviously... Macaulay Culkin throws Mr. Highway off of the overpass onto like the turnpike below and causes like a massive pileup of cars. Because it looks like a man jumped. Yes, exactly. Which very scary. Bam Margera would later do in CKY. They would fill a shirt and pants with newspapers and throw it off a bridge onto cars. So this part was cut out from the movie when it was released in Great Britain because someone had done that. Oh. And they didn't want to encourage like more or something like that like that um and like people had died and stuff not good we have a mr autobahn here (laughs) (laughs) what why are you doing that accent for great britain i couldn't think of what they call a freeway in great britain but why or why is this german or something the autobahn here because at least autobahn's closer to highway yeah, but if it's in Britain, why aren't you doing a British accent? Because I don't know what they call a highway in Britain. I needed a funny oh, word. This is in an entirely different country. Yeah. Then. Okay. So uh, what do they call a highway? That's a long walk. Here, I'll give you a great joke. What do they call a highway in Britain? I don't know. Well, then I can't give you the joke. <laughs> what do you want from me? <laughs> I did the best I could. Oh my god. So at that at that point, now Elijah, if the if the dog wasn't enough, yeah. Mister Highway has thrown it over. So this is when they become adversaries or whatever, and he's like, "I'm not having you." Not after what and, he did to Mister Highway. <laughs> no. Start look up Mister Highway. I want to see it. Yeah. 
Um, so yeah, that starts it. And so that's why Macaulay is kind of pissed and messing with him now and being like, oh, what if I kill my sister? What do you right. think about that? Um, so yeah, he's just, he's just a little crap, this kid. Yeah. And, um, messing with his mom kind of the same way that Rhoda would mess with, with her mom and kind of like want to make her cry and stuff and make her upset and then like play a, a nice kid act. At one point he says to his mom that Elijah Wood wants to take Richard's room. It's basically just because he wants to bring up Richard and like make his mom cry. Like his mom gets upset and he's like, excuse me. And you can see that he's like, uh-huh. He's relishing. And then he like follows her to the room, is like, I'm sorry, mommy, don't cry or whatever. He's a little sorrow. Yeah, he's a little monster. Um, That is Mr. Highway. I Googled the good son, Mr. Highway. Mm -hmm. I strongly recommend you all look this up. Yes. It is alarming. It is absolutely scary. Macaulay Culkin's makeshift man. (laughs) The very comfortable looking individual. It's horrible. Okay. Oh my god, if you threw that off a bridge at me, yeah. I might just die. Yeah, with yeah, not even the car pileup, you would just die. Um, so that's basically the plot and the standout things from it that I wanted to really hit. Yeah. Um, I want to point out some tropes and see if they popped up in the bad seed as well. Okay. He he innocently hums songs a couple of times, like a, like a little kid humming cute songs. Like he's walking around his room doing like camp town races. Okay. Is there any point where the bad seed is just like, <laughs> you know, kind of, I don't know if she's literally humming, but they do, you do see her like having like a little tea party. Yeah. While Leroy comes Similar. up being yeah. a, a little creep. She also, again, plays Claire de Lune on the piano a lot. But it sounds like she's musical. doing that in a cuckoo way, right? Um, a little bit. She's doing it up. She's doing it almost in like a very like ahead of her time savant, Mm -hmm. very good at piano, yeah, kid kind of thing. So okay, so then doing musicy stuff that's supposed to be like cute and little kitty, but you're like yikes, scary, right? Um, it sounds like they both did some stuff to their mom with being like, I love you, mommy, and her being like, so pretty, mom. Manipulation. Yep. Um, is there any cruelty to animals? Ooh, that's an interesting one. I don't think there were any animals in the bad seat at all. Okay. There's a bird. She does imply that Aunt Monica has a bird. She goes, Aunt Monica said she'll give me her bird when she dies. Uh And her dad goes, well, you don't have to worry about that. Aunt Monica's not going to die for a long time. Mm -hmm. And Rhoda's next thing she says is, how long do birds live? (laughs) So is it supposed to be at all like she's thinking about killing Aunt Monica so she can get the bird? Well, because she can't afford that. If she wants that bird, she can't afford for the bird to die before Aunt Monica. That's what I'm saying. So is it at all that kind of thing where it's like, huh, do I have to kill this lady so I can make sure I get my bird? Like thinking out loud, but her dad doesn't get it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> fool <laughs> what a dummy he's been away all this time um and so i was also thinking about the mcdonald's triad ah. which is that thing that's measuring like the odds of little kids growing up to be a serial killer yeah. and only one is present in the good son which is cruelty to animals the other two that are in the triad are um like later bedwetting than is average and a preoccupation with fire. Well, there's definitely fire in the bad seat. That's right. All right. So they each have one cover. They each have one cover. And then once again, Fuller mm-hmm. from Home Alone. Has, <laughs> yes. The, the triad. Yeah, the, the, the triad. We got to keep the three of them away from each other. Rhoda. Because if they were to join forces. <laughs> United. Serial killer. Uh-huh. They could rule the world. They really could. Macaulay Culkin, Rhoda, and, and Fuller. Fuller. <laughs> 
That's sicko. Oh, God. Um, a few bits and bobs that I had. Um, at one point, the two of them are running on train tracks, and I wonder if it was a little bit of a Stand By Me homage. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, I've still never seen that. Oh, it's but, great. Yeah. yeah. Um, the dad's name in this is Wallace, and I just want to say, you don't see a lot of Wallaces in movies. Yeah. I can't think of another Wallace character. Um. Oh, also, uh, while they're rolling around that cliff, Macaulay knees Elijah Wood in the nuts. Whoa. And I just thought that was like a brutal move for little kids. I mean, they're not that little, but I don't know. It was just kind of unexpectedly brutal. Unless, I was unless like, Elijah's like, joke's on you, Macaulay. They haven't descended yet. Thank you for Hi-ya! reminding me. Thank you for reminding me. There is some, it's not the a moment of reversal. Yes. Okay. There is something in here that I thought was very funny. That's, it, it's kind of similar to that. Um, where <laughs> I feel like Elijah would like, you don't really want to show that much vulnerability with a bully, I feel. And Elijah would, and this really shows his vulnerability in a way where I'm like, don't say that. He's only going to use that. So at one point, Macaulay is like, well, you know, like, what do you care about moms? Your mother is dead or whatever. And Elijah Wood is like, yeah, well, actually, my mom, when she died, said she would never leave me and that she would always be with me. And so I think there's a piece of my mom in your mom. So actually, my mom is around right now. Oh. But then later on, Macaulay Culkin is saying stuff to Elijah Wood about how he might kill his mom. And he's like, you can't do that. It's your mother. And he's like, I thought this is your mom now. So what does it even matter? Yeah. And I was like, oh, boy. Yeah. Just gave him ammunition. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, we've talked about this before also where it's it's terrifying that somebody's coming after you who you can't stop mm-hmm. from targeting you. Yeah. You know, and like, I mean, honestly, I guess I guess the quote that you cited before as not clicking with Macaulay Culkin of like, once you realize you can do anything, nobody can stop you. Honestly, that that mm. me picking that line is almost arbitrary. It was just that that was something where I guess you could see that meaning a good thing. Right. And just like the music cues. I don't even remember those music under that part, but just like, you know, it's meant to be evil, but he's kind of just saying it. Sure. But but the 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 purpose of it really is to be like. I will never stop doing what I'm doing, mm-hmm. and you can't reason with me. Yeah, I can. I do you what can I fly. Yeah. You can do anything that right. you want. Become oh, and ironically, he, he falls. He does. That's falls. true. Although it would be pretty awesome if she if let you go. flew. <laughs> if she yeah, yeah, yeah. Let go of Macaulay, and he goes. Ah, <laughs> I told you. And then pauses. Yeah. <laughs> Rises like you tried to stop me, mother. Yeah. <laughs> Blasts <laughs> off into outer space. It's like it could be anywhere now. Yeah, we have no idea. I don't know. So the last thing I want to say about it is something from the IMDb trivia that is kind of about that. Um, so there really is a cliff in that area that's super high, but they built an artificial cliff on top of that for like a little safety. I don't totally understand how that's for safety because that just means you're even higher up in the air. <laughs> but fine. There's obviously a reason that I'm just not aware of. Maybe it was inland on the i don't know whatever it, it had to have been pulled in a little bit to create a place to land exactly for safety yeah but it still was like a pretty big drop yeah, yeah. and they really had macaulay culkin do that 30 foot drop Ooh. and they bribed him with something that he wanted i can't remember what it was like what? Like, a, talk boy. like a game boy or something that's how we yeah. got the talk boy in home alone too. <laughs> I know. Actually, there is a fun bit of trivia, not about the Talkboy, but about a Game Boy, kind of. Okay. Um, when Elijah w- Elijah was playing a Game Boy um, on their way to go to Macaulay's house, and his dad says, well, if you ever get tired of bombing the universe, like blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, and in 
The Shining, the movie, after Danny finishes playing a video game, his father, Jack Nicholson, asks him, did you get tired of bombing the universe? Ah, yes. This was probably a little thing. That's pretty cool. Yeah, That's yeah. pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So did did you... This was fun to talk about. Did you like this at all? You said it was yes. weak, but did you get any enjoyment out of it? It was fine. It was fine. It was fine. I know I it's zoned out. It's fun to talk about. It's it fun was to super hear fun about, to talk sure. about. Totally. Yeah. I, I zoned, like I said, I zoned out a little bit sometimes because yeah. it wasn't, Ryan was like half watching it with me and he was like, this is really dull for a horror movie. Yeah. I was like, yeah, it's just very flat. Like Macaulay Culkin really doesn't bring like the fun, evil little kid energy you want him to. I feel like me describing it makes it sound a little bit more punchy than it feels. Yeah. In the moment. That's interesting. Um, it, it's just very when it's not great. I have a I have a question. I don't know if there's an answer to this. Mm-hmm. You were describing his mom finding the shed and finding yeah. the rubber ducky. You said that he walks in with something in his arms. I don't remember what it was. I don't think it was anything of consequence. It was just he's doing stuff. Yeah. He's he bringing just hangs something out there. in. Yeah. It yeah. wasn't anything major. I mean, that shed was definitely like his hangout area. Yeah. But then also it seems implied that that well that's in the cemetery is kind of like his trophy place or something. Right. Um, but it, which is weird the because shed you can't, and the well. He's got you both. can't enjoy the things in the well. So actually I didn't mention it when he wrestles with his mom and is like, give me the ducky. He runs to the cemetery and throws the ducky <clears throat> in the well. Oh. And that's also where the dead dog is. So I don't know if it's like, if I can't have this, no one can kind of thing with the ducky. It doesn't really make sense. It seemed like he was hiding the dead dog in the well. Evidence that, I don't know. Evidence that, is starting yeah, I, to expose. I didn't me think goes about that. There. Yeah, maybe an evidence thing. Right, that's true. I was thinking of it more as the shed the duck, because the duck was definitely a trophy. For it was him meant to be a in the shed. But I guess he private enjoyment. He had to give up once it was exposed. Yeah, it has to be discarded. Yeah, I guess that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, that's interesting. So yeah, I mean it's okay. I also had to rent it on Amazon. It wasn't for free on there. Yeah. You know, it was okay. I, I can't say I like, really like recommend it, but I would say if you remember it from when you were younger, which I think a lot of people do, it would probably be fun for you to revisit. But I would say going in cold, I can't say like spend five bucks on The Good Son. Okay, fair enough. Whatever. So bad seed, yes. Mm-hmm. Good Son, no. Yeah, yeah. Um, now, I did look up Mr. Highway and the, the UK, the banning of him in the UK, mm-hmm. and it turns out that part of the reason why is because they, like you said, people were doing it over there with uh, Mr. Motorway. Really? They had Mr. Motorway. They would throw him onto the, the motorway. What the hell? That's I, so messed up. I just looked it up to fix the joke from before. Highways there are called motorways. Oh, but did they call it Mr. Motorway? No. Oh, okay. I thought for a sec that was like a thing. No, I pranked okay. you. What, okay. I, what I did you Google. pranked me. What I did no, Google. No, I pranked you. What I actually Googled was what are highways called in the UK? Oh, it's motorways. <laughs> Stupid. So in Germany, they've got uh, Autobahn. Air Autobahn. <laughs> in the UK, they have Mr. Motorway. Yeah. <laughs> and then over here, we have Mr. Highway. Where's Mr. Your British accent isn't that strong. Well, I only po- but I, I only point it out because you do a lot of really good voices and accents. So this isn't me like slamming you down. I feel I'm punching up by saying that. Okay. Surprisingly, your British accent isn't that strong. I could probably do the cartoony, cockney, Dick Van Dyke-ish. Like, yeah. Hi, we got Mr. Mr. All right, there you're right. All right, it is good. Mr. Motorway coming at you. All right, never mind, it is good. Pull over your lorries. Here comes Mr. Motorway. All right, open your boot. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Well, there you have it. Yeah, that's it. A couple of really scary kids. (laughs) Yeah, these kids are 
They're bad kids. They're bad kids. Bad yeah. seed and a rough nut. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for hanging out with us, mm-hmm. learning about children who murder. Yes. Um, don't, don't worry. We're going to make sure Zoe doesn't do that. I sure hope so. I mean, the part of the theme here is there's no stuff. <laughs> I love you, Zoe. I don't really think that's true, though, necessarily. I, I don't agree. know. I, yes, yeah. I, I, I know. Um, now, uh, once again, everybody go rent Mommy 2 Mommy's Day. Right. Uh, we'll be discussing that next for sure. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, this is fun. This is like a double yeah. feature. You know? Yes. This is like you go to the drive-in. Yep. And there's and a have, themed yeah. dub feature. It was pretty fun. Yeah. Like that we each watched our movie. Mm-hmm. So we got to talk about them from like the experience of like seeing them and stuff. Yeah, and, totally. Uh, anyway, everybody go to gttupod.com from here. You're mm-hmm. going to be able to find links to a bunch of stuff there. Number one, all the previous shows we've ever done. If you like hearing us talk about pop culture, guess what? We did the true story behind The Conjuring. We did one even better. We did the true story behind The Conjuring 3. Yep. Like a year or two ago. It was two years ago. I I shared the link somewhere recently, I think on Twitter or something. And uh, yeah, it was from 2019. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we had already basically clocked it. It's Guide to the Unknown, episode 94. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Conjuring 3, question mark. And we covered what... The actual movie, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, which is coming out this week. We covered the actual true story. Right, because one of our listeners went to a dinner where the real guy who was involved in it told his side of the story. Yeah, yeah, which is wild. Yes. So we've got a long history of talking about pop culture here is Mm -hmm. what I'm telling you. Go check it out. Find that at gttupod.com. You can also find links to our social media at gttupod on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Uh, links to patreon.com slash gttupod, where, as Kristen said, join us as the as another world warrior in the $4 or up tier to get access to a bunch of bonus shows as well. And, uh, yeah, you know what? You can even find us online. That's right. I'm at Chillin' Kristen. I am at The Myth Traveler. Yep, and Will's doing a really cool series of sharing his horror knickknacks. So definitely follow him. Yeah, it's fun. I've been showing off some of my uh, horror collection and writing stories about what I think about them, sometimes reviewing them or Mm -hmm. telling the story of why why I have them. Yeah. So go check that out. Uh, But us, the good eggs here, we gotta go. Mm -hmm. So we will see you next time for more scary stories here on Guide to the Unknown. But until that time comes, we must travel. Back to the netherworld, go we. All right. All right. We fall off cool. the into the post show. That's right. How yeah. is everybody? What's going on, everybody? I saw a lot of people talking in there. Yeah. Murder in America is a true crime podcast that covers stories from all 50 states, including stories of mass shootings, serial killers, and lesser known murders. Do you find yourself doing more research after listening to a true crime show? Well, Courtney and I used to do the same thing, and that's why we created Murder in America. Our podcast dives deep into each case. Our storytelling will make you feel like you're right there within the case with us, watching it all play out. And we do not shy away from the graphic details. If you're a fan of true crime, then listen to Murder in America on Spotify now.